What's going on, everyone? My name is Teddy Ragsack, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. All right, guys. So welcome back. Uh, today, I have a very, 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 very special treat for you guys. So I have former first team all league and Skyac champion center from Chapman How's University, going, Alec Cohn. Alec, thanks for coming on the show. So it's no secret that you and I were, uh, were dominating uh, JV football together in high school. Um, so what was your experience in high school football going into college? Like, was there any big adjustments needed or was it kind of what you I expected? Think the main difference was uh, in college, uh, everybody was bigger, faster, stronger. Um, and everybody that was playing really wanted to play. In high school, a lot of people, I think their parents wanted them to play. Um, and they weren't that into it. So, you know, in the words mm-hmm. of our former coach, they weren't bought in. Um, but in college, everybody seemed to be pretty bought in um, and, and people were working hard. So, you know, here, here's, here's one question that I have to ask, uh, especially being, being someone that was, you know, played on the offensive line too. Why do you think linemen, just in general, offensive and defensive, why do you think linemen are so – underappreciated in the in football just in say general. that again uh why, why do you think that linemen offensive and defensive are just, are very under, i don't know but i football? don't like it i think people just look at linemen and they just think we're like fat or lazy uh, and that we la- we're devoid of some kind of talent which i think is like very far <laughs> from the truth i mean um uh, just look at like the rams d line like they are very athletic and they're linemen. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just like a stereotype and all the skill players, not all of them, a lot of them have appreciation, but some of them just think that they don't need linemen and they can just do everything on their own. And I mean, last I checked, you can't really get past the line of scrimmage if you have nobody blocking for you and you're not going to have time to run a route if there's nobody protecting the quarterback. So I don't know. I just think some mm-hmm. people just don't really think about it. was awful one of the worst in the nfl and it's absolutely dropped so i think that you know if you just completely just ignore like the linemen just in general i mean it's such a it's such an important part of the game i mean the chiefs all the all the important teams in the playoffs all had a really good offensive and defensive line so it, i think it's a good foundation to any team and it's it's definitely overlooked but so here, here's one question i have to ask so i know that so you guys won this kayak championship well first of all what was that like winning this kayak championship? That was incredible, honestly. I think for me mainly because I had never really been part of a championship team before. You know, mm. our JV team in high school, I, we did win the JV championship, but I'm not of going course, to count that course. in there. Um, <laughs> and so uh, when I transferred to Chaminade, I got there right after they had won the championship, and that following year we didn't do it. Um, and then in college, I mean, after two seasons, it finally happened. And it was just good to see all the work, all the effort culminate in something that I can show for it. I got a ring, thank God. So now I can <laughs> say that, you know, I sacrificed all those years to get something in return. That, it, and it's so interesting. So there isn't a playoff bracket for the Sky Championship. Is that correct? There, there's a D3 playoff bracket and whoever wins the sky act gets the automatic berth into the d3 playoffs how many how many teams is that 
I think originally it starts at, I want to say, 40 or so. No uh, way. All, yeah, and it's all across the U.S. I think there's a total of, of six rounds. No. Uh, what? Yeah. What is it? So this is like a March Madness of like D three football. It it is. It's a lot of teams. Wait a minute. So you could play like a ten game season and then play an additional six games after that? that? Yes, that's correct. That sounds awful. Yeah, it does sound awful. <laughs> Dude, that sounds so bad. <laughs> I know. Like that sounds so demoralizing. Like oh yeah, my I don't. I, I don't know how you stay healthy or how you even have any motivation at that point. But yeah. Holy crap. I mean, that's like an extra like month and a half of, of, of just straight football. That's like total. Gr- oh, my God. Yeah, it's rough. Oh, that's great. So then so they from I from our previous conversation, you, they flew you guys out to what, Texas for the uh, D3 bracket? Yeah, we they flew us out to Texas on a private uh, private jet. And wow. uh, and we played the number one team in the country because we were just about the lowest ranked team in the uh in the playoff bracket, and uh, it was quite an experience, let me tell you. I mean, that, that's like every if, – if you're like just you know, an athlete in general, that's like every athlete's dream, right? You go on the plane, you, you go somewhere overstate, uh, you know, because you feel like a pro, right? You're kind of getting that, that experience and stuff like that. But, dude, that, that's crazy. So here, here's another question that I have. Being a you know, former, former D3 athlete myself – what were what's like a big misconception about division three athletes uh just like in general would you say i think that they lack talent would probably be like a big misconception that and that um there isn't a lot of commitment with it those two big things first Mm -hmm. i'd say like i'd say because we went to a competitive high school shamanad was a competitive high school football um and obviously i played like against a lot of d1 athletes there and some of the people I played against in D3 were comparable to D1 athletes. I mean, they're just a few inches too short, a couple pounds too light. Or in some cases, they were D1 athletes. That school we played in Texas in the playoff had multiple Division One athletes who were expelled from D1 programs, and they accepted them at this D3 school. So I think the first thing is talent. Um, a lot of people in D3 have a lot of talent. And the second would be the time commitment. Um, it was probably the biggest time commitment I've ever had. And I mean, summer camp, especially it was over like two weeks of 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, um, film every day, practice every day um, is a grind. And I think a lot of people will just think, oh, D3 sports, like easy. But no, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, I, I could say for like at least from my personal experience, it sounds crazy because when we went to Crespi, it was just like a, like, it was like a military, you know what I mean? Like how, how strict everything was. So for me, it was, it was quite the opposite because I mean, the track and field program at, at Whittier college, unfortunately, I don't believe is a top like priority. So we weren't, what the commitment there wasn't nearly as much as like when I was playing football, a, a, you know, senior, senior year at Crespi. So for me, it was a bit of a drop off actually. Like, I, I mean, I still, I still, you know, was at practice every day and doing these kinds of things, but it's like, I felt like when we were like when I was doing high school football, it was just I mean, it, it was just insane. You know, it's like you're there like six fifteen in the morning to like six fifteen in the you know afternoon. And it was just it was crazy. Yep. Yeah, I remember it well. It was just it was just so it was so nuts. OK, here, here's a here's a question that, you know, uh, it kind of controversial now now that we're a little bit further into into 2020 and people are kind of maturing a bit. What are your thoughts on, on hitting drills like, in football? 
Well, I don't know. I, well, my candid answer is I think they build character. I mean, <laughs> I, I definitely – I refuse to see the movie Concussion just because I don't, oh, really want, I, don't, I don't really want to know what's in it. Like, I played for <laughs> however many years. I'm happy I played. And I'd like to think my brain and body are okay at this point. But I don't know. I understand the need for safety. But at the same time, I think they're important because in the game, I mean, people aren't really just going to, like, take it easy on you. So it's probably better you get some exposure. I don't know. I'm a fan of the Oklahoma drill. So maybe you're asking the wrong guy. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't know. There were also days where I just, like, wish, you know, it practices, like, let's just not do any contact today because we do we do hitting drills like three days a week and when they told us we weren't doing them it would be almost like a like a gift like thank you so much chapman Chapman. hitting drills yeah oh wait so like like oklahoma's or no it was called like uh inside run basically and it was just like uh o-line versus d-line full speed just colliding run plays only and nobody else was live except the o-line and the d-line and the backers so it was just like full speed like that. If you were going to get a concussion, that is where everybody got a concussion because it was just like everybody knew it was a run. Defense is running full speed. Offense, you know, full speed and heads are just colliding. That that to me just sounds sounds awful. I mean, again, this is – I mean, like I obviously was never like the uh, super heavy hitter or anything like that. But for me, it's I, – I don't know. I always just felt that like full contact was just better like, you know – I don't know, like, like in scrimmages and things like that. But I, don't know. I was never a huge fan of Oklahoma drill strictly because I just felt that it got like most of my teammates hurt. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It just seemed kind of like counterproductive. And it just, especially now, you know, it's, it's, well, I mean like back in the day when we were like freshmen, sophomores in high school, it was, it was really popular. Just that like no rhyme or reason, just straight hitting. Right. Yeah, at least, the, at least they're try- able to configure it now to where it's like, Oh, this is going to work on, you know, the inside run and, you know, try to try and be productive. But some of them are just, some real like bull in the ring it's just really stupid stuff you know what i mean yep it's just yeah i don't know to me to me it's pretty crazy but it's i mean i i, it's, I don't know I'm, I'm kind of on the fence sometimes because i understand it's a necessity because you have to keep at least some level of physicality so there's not a huge drop off when you get to the game but right. it's you know it's especially nowadays like you said with the concussion movies and everything like that it's extremely controversial yeah i don't remember what I thought I heard like last year or the year before some D1 program was doing like Oklahoma drills on the field before a game. Oh, we, we, were, we did Oklahoma's in high school before a game. Do you not remember? <laughs> did, did we? Against yeah. two. Two, we did it. And then, and then someone, I'm not going to specify who, but uh, someone got a concussion in the pregame because we were doing Oklahoma drills. <laughs> It was the mayor of Rip City. I don't know if you. Oh right. yes, yes. I you know, and I know exactly who got the concussion deal. Yes, 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 yes. It, uh, a frequent flyer. It, yeah, wasn't his first injury to say the least. <laughs> but I just like remember that even before we started it, even like I forgot someone on the team who like was really into hitting, like like someone who was like a big hitter on the team. Was even stopped and was like, "Hey, should we should we even be doing this? Like, what's the what's the point?" <laughs> gets, like, gets the blood flowing. Yeah, right. It's just it's just absolutely insane. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Like hitting, hitting drills, just absolutely crazy. So now here's a question that I have to ask you. Um, so going up against Whittier College, coming coming to Whittier, what was that experience like for you? 
I'm not going to lie to you. Whittier was one of the games I look forward to the least. Probably because, number one, it took forever to get there on a bus. Number two, when we got there, the bus has to park at the bottom of a hill. I'm not sure why it can't drive up the hill. But we then have to get out of the bus, carry all our heavy stuff. You know, since we're not a D1, we got to carry our own bags. Mm -hmm. So we carried our bags up the hill, then into the locker room. We change in the locker room, and then the best part is we then get to take a nice walk up another hill to the field for the game. And, I mean, <laughs> it, it, in my case, I had to do that walk three times because I had to go out there to snap for center. Then I had to come back. Then I had to go at the start of the game. Then come back at halftime. Then go back to the center. So I'm exhausted. It's like probably over a mile of walking, a bunch uphill. You're in cleats. It's just like not ideal at all probably hot too right it was hot it was hot and the stadium is like oddly large for like not having any fans quite frankly yeah so it was like it was was almost weird like the ref was like i remember like one time he was like looking around and i was like i think there's gonna be like record attendance today and he just like bust out laughing because there were like 20 (laughs) people there Now, here, as, as a fan, right, because obviously I did, never played football for Whittier, but as a fan, here was the most frustrating thing. Now, this has changed a little bit, but at least my, like, at least the first couple years I was there, and I think they, because I think they do have some night games, but not a lot of night games, but the, the Whittier College Athletic uh, Department was just very hesitant. I don't know if they didn't want to, you know, use the lighting, which they use for, just, like, lacrosse games and stuff like that, but here, here's the crazy part, right? Because, you know, trying to get uh, – football is a big moneymaker in, in college, right? One of the right. biggest moneymakers for your school. So it's very important that you have people attending, buying snacks and, you know, merchandise, whatever, whatever it is. So right. here's what I didn't understand is that most of the Whittier college football games, they're played during the day, which to me just makes no sense because it's, you're, you're talking like early mid-September <clears throat> in Los Angeles. People don't realize it's still like 100 degrees outside. Right. Yeah, I you know I didn't understand it either, and a lot of teams in the Sky Act, like and then so games, you know, like Laverne. What were you going No, yeah, no. It just it just makes no sense that they have that these have these day games because if you're like I don't know, like I remember freshman year, you know, because you, you've seen the campus, it's extremely hilly. It's not very big, yep. but it's just straight hills. Like you don't even have to do yep. leg days at Whittier College. You're just you can just walk up the the, the hills. It's, it was incredible. <laughs> so. You know, freshman dorms, to put it in the perspective, are at the very, very bottom, the furthest part away from, from the field, right? So it's like I had no motivation on a Saturday morning to wake up at, like, 1130 and walk in all that heat all the way up to the, you know, to the stadium. Yeah, yeah. It just make, yeah, yeah, it, makes no sense. It, it was almost like a high school game. Like, that's how it felt whenever um, we played day games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was, and, I, and I hated it because if we if we're like playing at Whittier at twelve, we have to be there like two hours before to like do everything we have to do. Mm-hmm. So that's like we have to be there at ten, which means we have to leave our school at who knows what time. And of course, they have like mandatory team meal, which put, makes that even earlier. So we're having to get to school at like seven a.m. Oh god! Which yeah, just definitely not ideal. Yeah, well, here was the one thing I didn't understand, too, is for people who, who aren't very aware. So playing at Crespi football, Crespi is a, is a religious high school. And it, there was a thing back in the day where I don't know if they still have to do it, but you, but on game days, you'd have to be at 6 a.m. mass. Mass, yep, I remember that. And it just made no sense, right? I mean, why would you lose all that sleep on game day? 
Yeah, I don't know. And and yeah, that that was quite that was quite the experience. Cram us all in that little church across the street and <laughs> Yeah, that's right, that's right. And they'd get mad if you didn't have like a belt on and I'm like, you know, I get that this is a religious school and that whole thing, but I think we really have bigger fish to fry right now than whether someone's wearing like the right tie or not wearing a belt. Yeah, it just got kind of like, I don't know, to me, that to me, I just didn't under, like, understand the structure, having the discipline and everyone trying to dress the same. I can get behind that. that, that that's, that's fair. But for me, it just didn't make any sense, uh, you know, having to lose all that sleep, being up that early because, it's, you know, someone like me living all the way out in like Woodland Hills. Right. You know, it, it's just it's super far. I mean, that drive was like a good 20, 20, 30 minutes someday. So it's like I had to I had to leave at the very latest, like 530. Well, mind you, this is also a program not built on logic that, uh, <laughs> that that no logic whatsoever that skipped a week of practice before a game and still played in the game and won. OK, OK. Why, why don't why don't you tell everyone that story? That, that's a that's really interesting. I think, honestly, that's probably one of the most crespy stories that I have from my time there, <laughs> which just reflects so poorly on the school. But basically, two people had gotten like phones stolen from the locker room. Um, I think it was the locker room or maybe it was somewhere at Crespi, which was a fairly common occurrence considering the school is filled with many thieves, but that's another <laughs> conversation. Some of whom are in prison right now. Oh my anyway, God. anyway, um, <clears throat> so some phones went missing and um, it was highly speculated that it was people on the football team that took the phones. So the coaches had a great idea, almost like a good cop, bad cop, like they saw it in a movie. And they were like, all right, we're good. None of you, nobody's going to practice this week until someone confesses uh, that they took the phone, which I think was a horrible idea because nobody wanted to practice. So it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, can they please confess already? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure me and you, Teddy, and, and Rick were very happy about it. And we were just hanging out doing study hall. <laughs> which was quite nice. Like, so I was in no rush, but um, I think after it toward like the end of the week, the two people I'm not naming names did turn themselves in like that. They stole the phones um, and like nothing even happened to them. I can't remember if they ended up playing in that game, like the next day or not, but we didn't practice for an entire week and then played Taft on Friday and still beat them by like 50 points. And here, here's one little small note that I wanted to, to add in there. This was the first game of the season. We always opened with Taft, the Battle of the Boulevard, whatever, both being on, on Ventura. Now, here's the thing with, with that you have to understand. This is the first game of the season. So this was like high school football starts relatively early. So we're still in like mid to late-ish August. So it was like 103 degrees. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> I just remember being able to sit in a, an air-conditioned study hall room thinking to myself, like, thank God. Yep. And, and something else, too, that I remember is that the coaches weren't allowed to, like, dress up for the game. And when I mean dress up, normally coaches wear some, like, you know, some khaki pants and they have, like, a polo and, like, a belt and some dress shoes. And they just had plain white shirts as, like, a, as, like, a punishment. I do remember that. Yeah. That was weird. Now, it, it was just – I don't know. It, it was just really crazy. Senior year football was absolutely wild. Now, here, here's one thing that yeah, I, I was curious to ask you. So, senior year football – to put it into perspective, guys, the, the diet was very, very strict. So everyone had to be on a diet plan. You, you would get, you'd get kicked out of meetings if you weren't on diet plans. 
And the thing is that the thing that I wanted to know is, is was that was that a very common thing at Chapman? Did they have you guys on meal like like meal plans too? Or no, there was. <clears throat> um... We had lifting plans, but no meal plan. And uh, I mean, everybody had a general idea of what they should be eating, but by no means was it strict. I mean, the day before every game, um, almost all the position groups went and got lunch with themselves. So we had like offensive line lunch and we would just find like the most grotesquely unhealthy food <laughs> like, that we could find. Like uh, it, one day I remember we went, <clears throat> this is the day before a game, we went um, we did an eating challenge at a barbecue place. Another day, uh, we went to this burger place near oh. campus, and they had, like, a, a $40, like, five-pound burger challenge. Oh. It came with, like, a pound of fries and, like, a, a pitcher of soda. And so, like, two, two of us attempted the challenge, including me. Did you win and, it? Oh, no. Oh, no. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I was out 40 bucks, which I'm still a little upset about. But, um, but then we had, like, a practice, like, after, the, after lunch. So we, I, so we would like barely be able to move because we're like sick from all this food. And this was like a weekly occurrence. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, n- n- nutrition definitely wasn't preached. But I, I don't think like Chapman didn't have like any like gr- very unhealthy players. I think a lot of programs like the line was just like very like I don't want to say obese, but very overweight and mm-hmm. like not athletic. But Chapman really did not recruit any like overweight and non-athletic like linemen yeah no exactly and, and the thing that people don't realize is that a lot of offensive linemen because you know if you're, if you're an offensive lineman it sounds kind of crazy right if you're, if you're a little heavy you want to keep that size right? you want to stay like an athletic big i know it kind of sounds weird but, but you kind of want to keep that size because you know you you don't want to get pushed around especially being an interior lineman and it's you know it's something that but people can move though right? i mean you have these linemen that are what like six five three hundred pounds running like five flat 40s Oh yeah, I, yeah. They, they, there's some quick ones. It's just it's it's crazy. Like like the athleticism, you wouldn't expect it though. But it's like like an average person's not running a five flat. I'm sorry, you know, you know, an average person's not running that. But this person that's these like gargantuan human beings are able to do that. So definitely, I think athleticism is for sure one of those things that's overlooked. You know, for linemen nowadays, definitely. Yeah, I mean, look at Aaron Donald. Does he count as a lineman? That dude is like crazy ripped. That is just like not that's even true. Fair. I mean, he can he can he can play he can play backer. But dude, have you seen his training with like the knives that he does? Like, I haven't seen the knife training. No, he's doing like hand fighting with his trainer. But the trainer has I don't know if he's like he has like knives on his arms or something like that. Oh, it's just it, dude. It's just like. He, he I, I don't know. I think that if there wasn't football, he'd maybe be like a serial killer or something. I mean, this dude is just like insane, man. Like crazy. <laughs> okay, here, 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 here's here's a quick question. Um, so, who, like, do you do you have like a memory of like the toughest defensive lineman? You, you know, I mean, obviously, you don't have to remember names or anything. Toughest defensive lineman you had to face in college, and how it went. In uh. I definitely went against a lot of good ones. Um, so I can think of two in particular. So one uh, was at that game in Texas against the number one program in the country. And the, the D tackle was actually a D1 bounce back. He got expelled from a D1 school. Mm-hmm. Um, and this dude was about 6'6", six, six, like 330. Like not, not fat either, like, like yeah. pretty muscular. Um, and I just remember like we had been scouting him, like looked at the film. And then when we got to the game, 
we like saw him on the field across and we're like, Oh my, <laughs> like, Oh my. So like, so he was definitely tough. And for me that game, like, um, I didn't give up any sacks thankfully, but it was mostly not even like dominating the line of scrimmage. It was just like maintaining and just like holding. I just get a lot of holding. <laughs> and, and, uh, and honestly, I considered that a victory. So that was one. And then the second was at this school Trinity in Texas and uh, they had this D tackle who was legit. I kid you not, probably like five foot six, like laughable if you'd look at him. But it was the craziest thing. Like he was ridiculously strong, and since he was so low to the ground, you like couldn't get underneath him to drive him at all. So he was always really hard to block too. And our coach would always he had like you know a little. Uh, I'm not dropping curse words on here, so I'm not going to say it. But like this <laughs> odd nickname for the kid, like quick something. Like, yeah. uh, cause you just see this kid on film and it just makes no sense whatsoever how he's like doing this. Um, so he was, <laughs> he was someone I also didn't look forward to either. Yeah. And I think that here's the thing too, is that like with linemen is that I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is the same way with other positions, but so linemen, you're, you're hitting the other person every single play, every single play, there's going to be like a lot of contact and it's always that moment, right? After, you know, after the first play, you kind of know how the game's going to go, right? So after yep. the first, like, hit, you kind of, like, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll be okay. Or you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're honestly so right. It's really like, all right, can I do another four quarters of this? Dude, I, I just remember that there, there were some guys that, you know, when we were playing together, because I, I, would, I, would, play, I would be guard, so I, I'd line up right next to Alec because Alec played center. Um, that there'd be some games where after the first play, I just lean over in the huddle and whisper like, "Yeah, we're gonna need to, you're gonna need to double this guy because there's no <laughs> way I'm blocking him." I, yeah, I definitely do remember us doing that, even though it wasn't like a sign or anything. Yeah, we would just blatantly just go over to each other, like no signs or <laughs> signals. We would just be like, "Hey, yeah, we need a. This guy's really good." <laughs> you just, we, you know, we had to go for the knee. Oh, dude, you gotta go for the. I'd hold him up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now, now here, here, here's one of the, the last questions um, before we get into some, some of the fun stuff, the little personal questions that I have. But, you know, so playing at we, – we, we went to – in high school, we went to Bishop Gorman, one of the highest-ranked high schools in the country. Um, now, that experience, for what you guys may not know, Bishop Gorman is just – it's not even like a school. It's like a, like a college. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, the, the most insane stadium, yep. um, you know, that they, they, we, they, we've ever seen. Um, and so what was that, you know, experience like, you know, looking back on it now, like, was that, is that a good experience for you? Like, are you glad you, you did that even though we got our butts kicked, but are you glad you did that? Like, did it help going into college? It helped you like prepare playing out of state? I mean, what was that like? Honestly, that game is one of my favorite memories from high school Not because we did good, but just cause it was such a fun experience going there. Like there were so many like great moments of like, first of all, for nobody that knows the game was canceled at halftime. The game started out like 110 (laughs) degrees sun blaring by halftime. It was like pouring rain with lightning and they, and we were not doing well in the game. So all of us were kind of like, it would be a real shame if the game got canceled. And then (laughs) sure enough, they canceled the game at halftime. I still think we would have come back, but you never know. Of course. Of course we were doing, yeah, we had them right where we wanted them. 49, nothing. Third quarter. (laughs) But it was like, it was just such a cool atmosphere because I don't think we'd ever seen that. And the only thing I've seen comparable to that since is that school we went to in Texas, but like there were just such good memories. Like they put us in a casino hotel and we're all like, (laughs) 16 years old and they like put duct tape on the door to see if we'd leave 
And then I don't remember who I roomed with, but I remember like the buffet. Remember the buffet before the game? Oh, God, the one that made us all sick? Yeah, they, like, took us to the hotel buffet. For those who don't know, Bishop Gorman is, like, owned by a family that owns, like, several casino hotels. So that's why we were... And, the, and I think the, uh, the in UFC, the UFC yeah. So that's why we were staying there. Was it, was, it was free. And that's why we ate the buffet at the hotel, because that was free. But I just remember, like, going all out at this buffet before the game. And the coach, like, <laughs> came over and was like, do you oh, yeah, have any true. intention of playing today? <laughs> Like, and he made me, like, throw out my plate of food because he thought it was just, like, grossly unhealthy to have before a game, which it probably was. But I don't know. Now, I, yeah, that was and, – and, and, and don't you remember, like, someone's mom was drunk and – Oh, yeah. He, right, and she was, like, right, cussing right. at the coaches. And that was just, like, such, like, a crazy and, – and you and I were both, That was like, a day game, too. It was a day game. So she, yeah. It was, like, a 12 o'clock game. Yep. So just – yeah, just throw that detail out there, yeah. And you and I were going, like, both ways and oh. – Dude, it was it was just such a crazy. Okay, so a co- couple of things I'm gonna add on to that. So the so so this is again this is during the very strict um, era where you know they had uh, where I was telling you guys about like my senior year where, where diet was very important. So when we first get there, right, we're all in the glitz and glamour Vegas. We don't we don't you know strictly business though. Glitz and glamour Vegas. You know we have these vouchers for the buffet. Uh, I think I think probably provided for us through Gorman or something like that. I don't know how it worked, but we get to the buffet and they had coaches set up at every station of bad food and bad food being like donuts or like mac and cheese so you only the only real stuff you could get was like like white rice and steak and salad all that kind of stuff and, and so what they would do what some people would do was that there was someone and they he hid like pizza underneath like this big mound of like rice and vegetables <laughs> you can yeah, hear sorry, me cut out for a second oh I, I, I was just gonna say that they had the coaches lined up to to guard all the unhealthy food. And then there were some people, they'd put like slices of pizza underneath all the, uh, all the, you know, all the good food. So it was just kind of funny that, and yeah, so that year, this was, this was JV. So we only had like 25 players. So we all had to go both ways. And I just remember like, it was the worst. Like I was just getting like my butt kicked on both sides of the ball. And that was, cause they were just on another level of. Yeah. And I, I, I specifically remember that they like, sent players down from varsity that had like you know to like play in the game against us now here here's how crazy bishop gorman was so i remember that you know i'm getting ready for the game i go to the bathroom and there's a cardboard cutout of the player i was looking at on film earlier that week <laughs> like i've never had that experience can you imagine like 17 years old you're in high school and and you see a cardboard cutout copy of your player with like a nike ball yeah they were something else it was just absolutely insane so i mean i don't know i mean high school football was just but it's definitely one of those things where i don't know it's, it's like i look back on it and it's like in the moment i i really didn't like it but i was doing it you know because I, I don't know for some reason i did it because i was crazy but you know but looking back on it, i didn't like it definitely. but i'm glad i did it yeah i agree it's definitely one of those is yeah it's it was just, it's so weird though, but it's like if I, if I can go back in time and redo all that stuff, probably not because it was it's a lot of work, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff to go through. But I think it's definitely good, you know, for character building and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so then one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, I don't want to hold you up all day, but one of the last questions I want to ask you is so you made a food Instagram, you know, trying different recipes, critiquing different food. 
Uh, well, can you tell us a little all, bit about that? Everyone go follow at Law School Chef on, uh, on Instagram for some delicious <laughs> looking food. But, you know, given that I do not attend school any longer, I basically go to uh, online law school now, which isn't even really online law school. We just mm-hmm. have PowerPoints. Um, so I definitely have more <laughs> free time than I'm used to. And I'm cooking and I've been sending out snaps of my food for like years now. And uh, people are always... Teddy's been, Teddy's that, been yes. on the receiving end of that. Teddy I'm a witness. I'm a witness. <laughs> it's a thing. You know, us, large, us larger guys like oh, to take course. pictures of our food. And so I figured, Absolutely. you know what? Might as well start uh, documenting what I'm making. And uh, it's a following. It's been growing. I'm thinking to get some merch going soon. You'd buy some- I'd buy some merch. If you get like some, some dad what, hats or like a hoodie or something. That's I what I was totally thinking. I've got to gauge the interest though. You should do like a That's, poll or something yeah. like that on uh, on your instance. See, I, I, I yeah, I, you know, I cool. I even get some merch for your podcast. I'd buy some of that. Get I I'll have to look into that. I'll have to check the uh, the, the accounting department <laughs> and see what our, our budget's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! But and then and then so one one, one quick follow up question on the uh, on on your your food Instagram. So what do we have to look forward to on that? Are there any big recipes coming up? There, can you give us a little preview? Just just a little something. I know. Well, really I'm just going to give you guys stuff. a little little some some just to wet the beak, but. I was doing some experimenting with pies. Don't don't be surprised if you see some more pies in there. Maybe some savory pies. Um, yeah, maybe a little savory Ooh. pie action. Um, also, maybe some uh, different kinds of pancakes. Not limited to the breakfast kind. Maybe a little hint there. Yeah, do you know? Ooh, yeah, interesting. And, uh, and, you know, who knows? One, we're taking it one day at a time. I take requests if anybody has anything in particular they want me to try or to make. Someone, someone's, uh, but people are throwing out, like, outlandish requests of things that, like, nobody in America makes. Some guy was like, make a shepherd's pie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> With accent, the accent I'm like, and all, okay. I love it. No, we're not making shepherd's pie. Like, <laughs> although that's just, like, beef with mashed potatoes on top. But I'm like. I'm like, how about you give me something that's like normal? Some other guy was like, Cuban sandwich. I was like, okay, well, that's really just like bread with two meats and mustard in it. Like, I'm not making the, I can't make bread. I mean, I could make bread, but am I going to like go raise the ham to like put into the sandwich? Like, that's not really making something. Yeah. That's just the, it, it's, it's so interesting seeing like the, the different foods that you try. Now I know one thing that's been highly requested. But I think the chicken tenders at uh, Red Robin's. I know that was like super. Yeah, I'm requested. definitely gonna have to head back to Red Robin for any viewers listening. Just to let you guys know, during the quarantine, they have dollar ninety nine kids meals, which quite frankly you cannot beat. Like I went there, I got a burger and two kids meals, and I was like, oh, that'll be easy. Like they're kids meals. No, I I could not finish my food. Like the kids meal burger is probably on par with like the size of the adult burger and it comes with yeah it's not no way big, really it's not like it's for two dollars you cannot complain like it's not bad and you can customize it so you can like change the cheese change the toppings and it comes with the extra fries also which is like the same portion of fries that the adult burger gets so definitely not a bad deal for two dollars now the one okay one of the last questions, I'll promise I'll wrap this up. I'm just so interested in this. So um, 
okay, so I, I've seen you done. You've done two burger reviews, as far as I can see. Maybe you've done more, but the ones that I can remember. Now, I want I want you to to give yep. give me an honest opinion now. Which is the better burger? Would you say the Red Robin's burger or would you say Five Guys? <sighs> I'm gonna say Five Guys, honestly. Yeah, you think really? Red Robin? Wow. I just I don't know. I went to Five Guys once and it was just really under seasoned. And I don't know. I just couldn't get See, over. See, that's that. my gripe really with Fred Robin is I think it's a little under seasoned. But what I like about I what I like about really? Five Guys, which maybe drowns out the under seasoning, is that I can get like twenty toppings included. You know. So and it has that yeah, healthy no, American exactly. cheese, which it, I like. Dude, I, I I'm a big fan of American cheese. I think it's really you know underappreciated. Now like I know we have American line. cheese, Switzerland. They have Swiss cheese. I, does every country have a cheese? Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. I, yeah, that's Dude, just that, you what, know something to, something to leave with you guys. I don't know if you've considered that, but do you, is there Spanish cheese? Well, there is Spanish cheese. Manchego is Spanish cheese, but I like. Does every country? Does every He's country have cheese? Or oh am God. I the only one who sits up at night thinking about these things? Yeah. What the? Yeah. Yeah. So my, for my viewers that you know aren't in the U.S., <laughs> you know, you know, let me know. Are there other? Are there other? What, what cheese <laughs> represents your country? I, I have to know this, so please, please let us know. I am dying to know. This is these are the important things. But, uh, but anyways, so anyways, I think it's gonna wrap that up. Alec, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, hopefully we Teddy, can have you on again. Thanks for bringing me on, and I will leave you with this: self pride. <laughs> self pride, brother. <laughs> self pride. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been TED Talk Sports. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out my new Instagram at. Uh, Ted underscores talks underscore sports and make sure to check out Alex food Instagram uh, law school chef. So yeah, did I say that right? Law school chef. Okay. Make sure I didn't butcher that. Cause I've been really embarrassing. Okay. Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for listening.